Good evening, my fellow Americans. Take the red pill. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. The disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. All we have built, all we have worked for, would be destroyed. There is nothing the political establishment will not do. And this nation will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action. These criminals cannot be rewarded. So that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. They're coming after you and I'm just standing in their way. Here I am. You and I have a rendezvous with death. The cost of freedom is always high. Those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Our movement is about replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. This is a crusade! This is a holy war against the deep state! We never wanted to be right, but yet things are all adding up to the firestorm. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask, but I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War in short. With a wartime discipline, no democracy would ever hope or wish to match. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism, Marxism, coming to the United States of America, trying to undermine and usurp uh, the United States Constitution and our constitutional republic. We are here at the front line reporting the news, just like the good president said that we shall not sway away, we shall not deter, but we shall get the truth out there one way or another. And that's what we've done here the last, uh, my goodness, eight years, is we've taken back control. 
of the media, of the information, of the narrative. We are now the news. We are now the media. It's kind of interesting to think back to John F. Kennedy and what he had said there. And uh, think about today, where it started and where it's ending. The, the quote here, and I think that this one is the one that rings true for everybody, is that, for we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Now, one would ask themselves is, how did John F. Kennedy know so much about this? And you got to wonder, and I've gone through this timeline before, I've shown people the things that aren't said about John F. Kennedy. Now, John F. Kennedy, if you don't know this, he ran against Nixon, and Nixon was kind of the poster boy for the Republicans who answered an ad in a newspaper and was set to win against John F. Kennedy. His father, John F. Kennedy's father, who was highly tied into the mob, um, made some deals. And what ended up happening is they organized the unions to get John F. Kennedy into office, and it was a form of election fraud. Well, John F. Kennedy and his brother Bobby turned against the mob and everybody else and started attacking the infrastructure of what was already set up. But the question is not, did John F. Kennedy learn this when he got into office? Or did he know this ahead of time? Was he well aware of what was going on ahead of time? And was he just a true patriot who sought to seize the power away from these Marxists to save the Republic? And I believe that what happened here, you have to go back to the 1950s. You have to go back to the 1930s and the 1940s to truly understand what John F. Kennedy was trying to tell you. See, there's a long history that builds up to this speech that John F. Kennedy gives and then eventually his assassination. So I wrote a uh, Substack article about this specifically. This was not Kennedy's last speech, as the video implies. It, it actually wasn't. But this was a speech that likely got him killed. There is one point that I'd like to make here. Some people might think that this speech has nothing to do with the global conspiracy, but that would, that would be actually highly inaccurate. It has everything to do with this global conspiracy. At the time, it was more of a fascist conspiracy or a Marxist conspiracy to take over the United States. This was a warning from John F. Kennedy. And all we have to do is look at what was going on during that time to understand. Joseph McCarthy, who died a few years prior to this speech, Senator Joseph McCarthy, okay, was working as a senator with then-Senator John F. Kennedy. Actually, John F. Kennedy and Joseph McCarthy were incredibly good friends. Now, Senator Joseph McCarthy might sound familiar because this is where we get the term McCarthyism. McCarthyism is a term that we use to portray the infiltration of communism into our country that was deemed a massive conspiracy theory and that he was censored by the Senate, by Congress. He was looked at as a kook, as a quack, as a conspiracy theorist, and eventually died at a military hospital. By the way, this is a highly decorated Marine. Died at a military hospital of unknown causes at the time that later turned out to be cirrhosis of the liver, which didn't make any sense because he didn't have cirrhosis of the liver. He all of a sudden became sick, he had quit drinking a while before that. Interesting fact about Joseph McCarthy. Joseph McCarthy was a Marine who fought in World War II. He was a decorated Marine. He was also good friends with John F. Kennedy, who was a U.S. Navy sailor, Navy, Naval officer, well, decorated Naval officer. McCarthy 
came out against something known as the business plot. The business plot being the group of bankers who sought to overthrow Franklin Delano Roosevelt during his term as president after World War II. Prescott Bush was a part of this. He was the founder of one of the directors of the Union Banking Corporation. He was also an ambassador and second in line to the presidency. Prescott's son, George Bush, also went on to become the head of the CIA as well as a congressman and later president. These people who infiltrated our government were very high up and powerful people. But there were others within our government during this time that knew exactly what was going on. So if you remember the business plot, this was Union Banking Corporation. The business plot, Union Banking Corporation, by the way, was also ran by a Nazi and they were tried under the 1917 Act, uh, Espionage Act, for funding the Nazis during World War II. This is Prescott Bush, who was an ambassador, later becomes a, a senator, a statesman. His son and grandson become president. Other grandson becomes a governor and then bails out because he has low energy. Fast forward to the 1990s. You have Soviet journalist Yuri Bezmenov, who tried to warn people. He ended up dead. He was poisoned. When we start looking at what has transpired, we can see that this has been a very prolonged conspiracy. Yuri Bezmenov, if you remember, was telling us how the Marxist had a 50-year plan, generational plan, to infiltrate our education systems, to, to win over the minds of the children so that they could condition the children of the next generation to be Marxist. So that the system doesn't have to be destroyed, that it changes kind of naturally with the flow. And this is kind of what is being forced upon us today. Now, you add in there a lot of the dynamics of what was happened economically and socially. And we can see this progression of what's happened since the end of the World War II with the beginning of the Western New World Order. Why JFK was so critical for them to take out as a target. Number one is he wanted to expose this hidden agenda of bringing Marxism into the United States of America. He understood that the Soviet Union and the United States were nothing more than puppets for a higher tier of players who were leading the world into this new generation of slavery. Now, I played that speech specifically because if you're not paying attention to what's going on, you're going to miss out on what's, what's happening. For everyone paying attention, the Putin-Tucker Carlson interview has not even been released yet. Okay? It's not even been released. No one knows except for a few people in the world, what these two men talked about. Why are they so afraid? Why is there absolute meltdown on the liberal side? Absolute meltdown within governments and nation states of the world. The EU had sanctioned Tucker, travel banned Tucker. Ukraine has come out and marked Tucker Carlson as an enemy of the state basically putting a target on his head. Why? They don't even know what Putin said in the interview. But see, they know the reach that Tucker Carlson has. They know that what comes from Tucker Carlson is listened to by millions upon millions of people. And see, what's happening here, people, is the narrative is collapsing. The house of cards is falling. These people do not want this interview to come out. The interview is set to come out tomorrow. I believe tomorrow evening around 6 p.m. Um, as a, uh, to let everybody know, so I got invited to a Twitter space at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in anticipation for the release of this interview. I will most likely be on the Twitter space. It's uh, um, for... If you guys are on Twitter, you guys will know Mario Newfall. Uh, Mario has a really big following. He's interviewed um, 
tons of different people, 1.2 million followers. And um, he's, you know, he's had Elon Musk, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. He's had all, all these people on there. Um, he's hosting a Twitter space tomorrow. I should be on at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we'll be talking about this specifically. Now, why the meltdown? With Putin coming out to the people of the Western world and telling them, all this man has to do is tell them the truth. That's it. And so far, we've seen indications of what this truth potentially could be. One of them, Tucker asked Putin a question, Putin answers. It would be pointless. It is not up to us to solve your domestic issues. Besides, I'm sure you know the names better than us. Tucker says, so you were saying your adversary is not Joe Biden, but the people behind him? Putin responds, exactly. Joe Biden may not even be aware of what's going on. He may not understand the level of sanctions thrown at Russia. Who put those sanctions together? Those are our adversaries. And he's talking about the deep state. He's talking about the Western global war. But why are they so afraid? Do you understand the trillions upon trillions of dollars that are at stake right now for control of the global order? Trillion, just in the war effort alone in, in the Middle East, um, Iran, Syria, Yemen, Iraq, then you go over to Ukraine and what's happening there. The, the, the multinational corporations, the non-government organizations, the IMF loans, the World Bank loans, all the nonprofits, the military industrial complex, and then political campaigns, the billions of dollars just right there sought to be lost when the truth comes out. Clan, General Mike Flynn, and I know people are, oh, General Mike Flynn, I don't care. Listen to this. General Mike Flynn retweeted clandestine war clandestine today pretty much what he says now interesting enough what does he say the deep state are in real trouble tucker's reach is the biggest on earth his interview with trump did 267 million views on x alone whatever tucker is doing in russia the deep state are terrified of it they know one of their dark they know one of their darkest secrets is about to get massive exposure they did the same exact thing when Trump and Flynn got close to Putin. They threw an absolute fit and cried treason. Why? Because they are afraid of what Putin would share with Trump. Putin is anti-globalist. Putin knows about the criminality in Ukraine. Putin knows where the bodies are buried. Putin has reportedly called out the West perversion and widespread pedophilia. He calls out the Western oligarchs plot to create biological weapons and manufacture biological crisis to enrich themselves and steal elections via mail-in voting. Putin is as red-pilled as they come. They can't have any of these truths on the airwaves, let alone on the biggest platform on the planet. If the public was to learn Putin is not a bad guy, the deep state narrative crumbles. And what are the pictures here? Got to remember the soccer ball. What was in the soccer ball? Digital overlay? Was this the Burisma server that was being handed to Trump because Putin's team is the one that shut it down? I'll talk about that in a second. But what is this? This is 2015 going into the 2016 election. General Flynn was strategically placed next to Vladimir Putin. And you can see he has an, interp uh, an interpreter, ear interpreter, placed in his ear. Why is that? We've talked about this. The whole point of Erdogan and Flynn, the Flynn intelligence um, company that he was running after he left the defense intelligence agency, after he left the military, was to make sure that Donald Trump got into the presidency. They knew Hillary Clinton was going to steal the election. They knew how Hillary Clinton was going to steal the election. They had servers in close geolocation range to Russia in a place called in Eastern Ukraine called Burisma. 
Burisma also had a few people on its board of directors. You got to remember Joe Biden and the quid pro quo and all this stuff, trying to get Shokan away from there, the special prosecutor Shokan away from there. The reason is, is because they were, they needed, they needed Hunter Biden to stay on that board of directors. They needed Burisma to stay up and operational because that was the hedge towards winning 2016 election because CrowdStrike, a cybersecurity company that has the majority of the DNC um, contracts had implemented servers in Burisma. These servers specifically, we believe, were running Hammer and Scorecard from a very close proximity to Russia's border, which means that if they got caught or detected, they could blame it easily on Russia. But in actuality, what was happening is those servers were stealing the election for Hillary Clinton. If you remember, when on the 2016 election night, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, it was toe-to-toe. Back and forth, and then about 9 p.m., Trump took off and Hillary Clinton just kind of stayed stagnant. Why is that? Because an operation, I believe, was done. This is what we've got from various people who've told us what has happened. Is that Russia ran an operation and shut down those servers at 9 p.m. on election night. Shut down those servers collected the data from those servers and Donald Trump became president that night. Now, this is one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton and all of them started the whole Russia, 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 um, witch hunt. This is why they knew Flynn, who was working with Donald Trump, they went after him prior to this with the FISA warrants. Mike Roger at the NSA knew what was going on. This is why he went to Trump's tower in September and warned Flynn and Trump of what was going on, that the FISA warrants were active. They were listening to everything they, that they were saying. They knew Flynn had some type of intermediary contact with Putin. The problem was, is that it was another head of state, Erdogan in Turkey. And they can't involve that into U.S. affairs. They can't call Flynn out for that. So they have to try to get Flynn on something else. What does this all mean? Is Putin a bad guy? I've said this before. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. Putin is anti-globalist. Russia has had the boot of, of the Western global order on his neck, on Russia's neck for a very long time. I believe Russia just wants to be a, a country. They just want to be a country, a normal country and be able to thrive and, and survive like everybody else. As for Putin and his dealings, is he evil? I don't think the guy's evil, but I think he does what he needs to do to stay in power. And that can be perceived here in the West as very oligarchical, right? Doesn't mean, he, I'm not saying he's a good guy, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. But as of right now, the role that Putin, I believe, is playing is that of the messenger, is that of telling the world what is happening and what is going on. Consistently, since the invasion of Ukraine has come out, come, um, started, not the invasion, the special operation in Ukraine. The first 72 targets that were hit were airports, power um, uh, power infrastructure, as well as bio labs spread throughout Ukraine. The Russian military has shown time and time again that the United States of America, through proxy with two government contractors, Black and & Veatch and Metabiota, in collaboration with German biotech companies, we're producing bio weapons for bio warfare in these bio labs in Ukraine and testing them through the various Bandarian and Azov battalions, Nazi battalions in Ukraine on the peace people of Eastern Ukraine, which have Slavic and Russian roots. It was looked at by Russia as a genocide of these people. Putin back in 2014 took this specifically to the United Nations Security Council. They denied him. They said nothing was going on. They didn't even investigate it. Each year for eight years, he went back and they did nothing until Donald Trump was out of office and he went in and did something about it. <clears throat> now, why didn't Donald Trump do something about it when he was in there for his four years? I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not in Donald Trump's mind. But one thing I can, can tell you is that Putin was not going to do anything when Donald Trump was in power because he knew that Donald Trump would absolutely bomb the shit out of Moscow if he had to. So now we're on the eve of this massive release of information that's going to come from Putin. 
What's he going to say? I think what he's going to tell you is something that is a perspective of truth. This is as if we even get to the interview. I have a feeling that we potentially could see an uptick of cyber attacks tomorrow specifically, potentially on X, Twitter, on various alternative media channels. These people want to stop this at all costs from coming out. What are they going to do? We could see a cyber attack. We just saw today that the Sun released two massive, massive coronal mass ejections that are headed towards the Earth and will disrupt things tomorrow. So you wake up today and you find that the head of the United Nations, Secretary General Antonio Guterres, came out today and said, the world is entering an age of chaos with a deeply divided Security Council unable to address critical issues such as the Israel-Hamas war. The age of chaos? That title right there, which is the title of the show tonight, is kind of interesting considering the fact that we've shown through various cosmological references that we have entered the age of Aquarius. We have left the age of Pisces. Um, if you look at Vedic mythology, we look at the leaving of the Kali Yuga in 1899, but still the transitionary period, which is a point of chaos. The same thing with the transition of each age from Pisces to Aquarius, you go through a transitional point of chaos. Today, I was supposed to do a show with uh, David Nino Rodriguez, and we were gonna talk a lot about these cosmological cycles. So we canceled the show last minute. I apologize for that. It's going to be next Monday. Nino had a reschedule. It'll be next Monday. But that is going to be called the Great Awakening and the Age of Chaos because that's what we are in. We are in that Age of Chaos. So it's found it interesting that they're utilizing that symbology of the Age of Chaos. So when we start looking at this bigger picture of what Putin might say tomorrow when this interview is released. I think it's going to go somewhere around the lines of the United States is nothing more than a controlled asset of a hidden government, a shadow government, um, that they, they are trying to form a new world order, a new world Western order, driving in Marxism. I think that you're going to hear that a lot. Um, that they have upended the financial and economic systems. They have bankrupt the American people. That the majority of Congress and the Senate no longer work for the American people. Um, I think he might mention bioweapons, that bioweapons are being utilized against people all throughout this world. I think he'll mention something about depopulation. This is my thoughts. I don't know for sure. But I think that there's going to be a bombshell that comes out tomorrow that is so massive that it's going to open Pandora's box, that you're not going to be able to put the lid back in. Now, we all knew that this was going to happen. We've been talking about this. I call it the firestorm event. We've been talking about this for years. I said, when the time comes, Donald Trump, when, when we have that control of the media, the news, the narrative, when we are the media, when Donald Trump goes out there and says that D-class is coming, it really is coming, that we're going to get to a point where there is going to be a critical threshold of people who have awakened to the point where you can go out on a platform that has 100 million people in scope and you can put certain information out there and they just start waking up in troves. And we come to that precipice moment and we go over that threshold. And what have we been seeing ramp up this year? We're, we're only what? We're 38 days in the 2024 and this has been absolutely mind-blowing. Okay. There is a lot more coming. Just yesterday, I was talking about Donald Trump's presidential immunity, how a circuit court in DC shot down and said that President Donald Trump does not have immunity from prosecution. And I said, optics are important. 
that Donald Trump did nothing illegal or unconstitutional as president or in his actions thereafter, which means that even if they take him to court, there's nothing to prosecute him on. He'll be found innocent because he did nothing wrong. But you can't say the same for other presidents. And I said, if this ruling stands by the Supreme Court, it will be utilized against Obama, Clinton, Bush. Donald Trump put this out on True Social today, almost like, I, I wish he was, almost like he was listening to us last night. If a president does not have immunity, the opposing party during his or her term in office can extort and blackmail the president by saying that if you don't give us everything we want, we will indict you for things you did well in the, the office. Even if everything was done totally legal and appropriate. Notice how he capitalizes legal and appropriate. That would be the end of the presidency and our country as we know it. And is just one of the many traps. See how, see how he does this? Legal and appropriate in reference to him. Office, legal and appropriate. Traps there would be for a president without presidential immunity. Then what does he say? Obama, Bush, and soon crooked Joe Biden will all be in prison. Protect presidential immunity, make America great again. That was a shot fired across the bow, people. He just told them, you know I'm going to get back in the power. You know I'm going to be president. If you want to say that I don't have immunity, then you don't have immunity. And we will be coming after you for all the criminality that you guys have done. That was Donald Trump's promise to retaliate. Promise for vengeance. And we called it yesterday when we were talking about it. But see, what they have to do is they have to escalate things to the next level. And I'm telling you, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, whether it's going to be a solar flare that knocks out the internet. Um, I think that maybe there could be a terrorist attack. Why wouldn't they use a terrorist attack tomorrow? Okay, think about this. Think, let's think about this logically. Let's go back to the beginning of the week and think about this logically. Tucker Carlson's about to release the Putin interview tomorrow at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Okay. The EU wants to sanction Tucker Carlson. The Ukraine has marked him an enemy of the state, basically making him a target for assassination. Other country leaders and in, in other countries and um, liberals all around the world are calling Tucker Carlson a traitor. They're saying that they need to suspend his citizenship and he should be tried and convicted for basically doing journalism. I saw one post today where somebody was said, um, imagine if Tucker Carlson, oh, he said, if this was 1938, Tucker Carlson would have interviewed Hitler. And I said, like Time Magazine did in 1933 or like another a uh, mainstream reporter from the United States did in 1928. Like people don't know their history. This is journalism. This is exactly specifically what John F. Kennedy was talking about. He was talking about, we shall never, never stand down on our freedom of speech. And what do they do? They try to silence the dissenters. This is what they're doing is directly from that JFK speech people. So what are probable scenarios that happen tomorrow? Do you remember when I was talking about what's going on right now in Iraq, Yemen, Syria, the retaliation against Iran? Yemen issued a warning a few days before this. I don't think it was Yemen. I don't think it was the Houthis. I think it was the Western uh, Global Orders Intelligence Agency that released a statement and propagated it through the news channels. But they said that if the United States starts to hit more targets in Yemen, which we knew they were going to, that they were going to take out a deep sea underground internet cable, communication cable. I came back and I said, the Houthis, Yemen, they don't have these capabilities. I Iran would be the only clo country close enough to have those capabilities, and they most likely don't have those capabilities, okay? You need a, a submarine, uh, a deep-sea excursion team uh, with submersible freaking deep-sea devices. Like, that's some shit that you have to have to go down there and do that. That's why they bury them at the bottom of the sea. Today... 
A drone attack occurred on two high-profile um, Hezbollah leaders in Iraq. Immediately, Iraq security forces closed the bridges and the roads to the apparent green zone. This came amidst growing protests over the U.S. drone strike. All access routes to the international green zone in Baghdad have been closed. Here's the important part. There have been multiple calls, calls from various different areas in Iraq from the politicians and military leaders for the militia groups in the country to mobilize and storm the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. Benghazi Part 2. Tomorrow you could have a coordinated attack on U.S. Embassy in Iraq, a taking out of the deep sea cable, internet cable, which would give the ISPs who are owned by the multinational conglomerates, right? The ability to just hit the switch, turn the internet off and go, oh my goodness, that one cable took out the whole internet around the world. Or a massive cyber attack. I'm hoping none of this happens. I'm just trying to be logical and think about what could be happening. Then we had today the news 5.5 tons of radioactive water leaked from Fukushima nuclear plant into the ocean. I thought they had that resolved quite a few decades ago. I guess not. And so we could have some type of disaster there again. Uh, interesting report came out today. Uh, this was published by Zero Hedge on, uh, on Twitter. And this has to do everything with the narrative. And let me just finish up the thoughts on what can happen tomorrow. I don't know. Terrorist attack, deep sea cable, potentially uh, storming the embassy, um, escalation of the war in the Middle East, U.S. starts bombing Iran. Something of that nature can happen. Um, EU's aggressions towards Russia. We know that Germany, uh, Poland are already ramping up war efforts, moving towards the borders of Finland to uh, to to make a defensive move against Russia. So you could potentially see that happening. Um, you could see cyber attacks, who knows? Something most likely will happen. If nothing happens and they allow this thing to just be released free and clear, you will damn well know that we're winning this war. I can tell you that for sure. mRNA COVID-19 vaccines caused more deaths than saved, according to peer-reviewed studies. The peer-reviewed study published in Saris Journal on January 24th analyzed reports from the initial phase three trials of Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. These trials led to the shots being approved under the Emergency Use Authorization Act, the EU, EUA, in the United States. The study also looked into several other research and reviews of the trials. It found that the vaccines had drastically lower efficacy rates than the vaccine companies claimed. Moreover, based on a conservative assumptions, the estimated harms of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine greatly outweigh the rewards. For every life saved, there were nearly 14 times more deaths caused by the modified mRNA injections. Wow. Because the ultimate agenda with the globalists, with what they're doing, is population control. That's what they're doing is population control. They are depopulating this planet down to a manageable level of 1 billion. They wanted about 500 million, but if they get it to 1 billion, they're going to be happy. They're developing smart cities, smart city grid infrastructure. And how are they building the smart cities? This is the country of Chile. Look familiar? Hey. Don't leave me, I want you here It's like Maui, doesn't it? I know that your love is gone Man, look at the trees still standing, but all the cars burned. I'm so weak. So, what's really going on here? Let's, uh, let's pop up some information here. Because I think we have a little bit more information on this than just that. Hmm. 
Did you know that the former Chilean president, Sebastian Pinera, died in a helicopter crash just two days ago, right after these fires started, who is also an outspoken uh, against a globalist agenda? That's kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden you get these uh, these fires that start. Let's check this out. Holy shit, this situation just got a whole lot fucking crazier. As you can see, former Chilean president Sebastian Pinera dies in a helicopter crash at 74 just yesterday. But before we go any further, I want everybody to be aware of the situation at hand and why we're talking about Chile. This just so happens to be what majority of southern Chile looks like at this very moment. As a series of deadly wildfires that killed over 112 people ravaged through the areas of southern Chile. Now stay with me, okay, because this is the primary reason of why we're speaking about Chile and the wildfires. As you can see, thousands of homes were destroyed in flames, which swept through the hilly settlements around the resort town of Viña del Mar starting Friday, propelled by high winds. A regional state of emergency was declared and a nighttime curfew imposed. Well, ironically, the same energy institutions that just so happened to be involved with rebuilding Maui in quotations, just so happened to have their fourth LA conference on sustainable development of energy, water, and environment systems, just on the 14th to the 17th of January 2024 in where? Ironically, if you look into as of why they're interested in Viña del Mar, you might see here Viña del Mar is considered Chile's top city to live in, work in, and visit, and ranks second behind only Santiago for education. And then a whole bunch of other pros for the area as well. And that doesn't seem to be the only article that seems to be talking about things like that. Now what's ironic is the company named Hitachi just so happened to have a website just a couple months ago that just so happened to be deleted that clearly stated that Maui was supposed to be the first integrated S-M-A-R-T island. So that's pretty interesting and the reason why it's so damn interesting is because of this. Oh wow, you mean the S-M-A-R-T city business Chile headquarters are at where? Huh. And then if you just so happen to go to their summit website you might find things like this. And has anybody gained notice as to how many lithium mines are being built in southern Chile? I'm not laying claim to anything officially being true. But I hope I can at least connect the puzzle pieces for you a little bit easier. In the last episode, I just so happened to speak about a certain satellite that just so happened to be above Maui the day of the wildfires. Now once again, not laying claim to anything officially being true, but the satellite just so happens to be owned by a company named CERN. CERN a couple years ago just so happened to declare that they discovered the fifth force of nature which just so happens to be something called cosmic energy. And the cosmic energy may or may not be collected via satellite. And when it is, it just so happens to be able to produce a specific beam, but you can't actually say that word openly here on TikTok. But it's ironic because I spoke about in the last video as well that there has officially been a Space Force unit created just- Okay, he goes on, but you get the drift. We just saw this in Mexico. We're seeing it all over the world right now. California is- experiencing massive flooding unbeknownst like it's never seen before well last year it had the, the river that flowed through california and now we're having another river flow through california in la and san francisco or oh my god listed on the smart cities all the cities that are listed as these smart cities are being burned or completely decimated and destroyed why what happened during world war one and world war ii they took all the prime real estate in Europe, demolished it, and built over it their new empire. That's what they're doing now, but at the same time, depopulating the world in the progress. Getting it ready for their great reset. What else have we got? Um... I have a little bit more. There's an article I was looking for, actually. There was that one, that one. Where is the one I'm looking for? Well, what I'm looking for it. Why don't you guys listen? Well, I'm looking for it. I was going to say, listen to the old man. Hold on, let me find this. It's on my Twitter feed. I want to find it real quick because I think it's kind of important. Hold on. I found this highly interesting today when I came across this article because it's showing you what's going to be released in this new world. Now, you got to remember, there's a few things about the new world. If you go to QPost in 2018, he talks about how we're going to show you a whole new world, a brand new world, a brave new world. 
Oh, by the way, I did want to say that it's kind of funny that Nikki Haley lost the Nevada primary as uh, to none of these above candidates. Kind of fucking hilarious. Um, that's not it. Come on, where the hell is it? I posted this on my Twitter. Oh, there it is. Listen to what is said here. Because if you go back to things that I said, June and May of last year on the UFO topic, on the secret military technology topic, if you go back four years or three years and listen to what I was talking about on the SAP programs, the special access programs, and the information that we were putting out here, and then what you've heard from other people, listen to what Lockheed Martin is doing. Do things like embed the carbon nanotubes to make conductive uh, structure so that information doesn't flow through a wire next to a structure but literally flows through the structure that's dr charles lieber's research at harvard university by the way we'll be able to grow or make a structure let's say is the skin of an aircraft that inside of that is also contained the sensors or the energy storage or many different multiple functions new materials that are on the uh, <laughs> lab bench right now they can literally change shape on command they can become almost a muscular material we could have an airplane that optimizes its shape for the different flight conditions it's in there's definitely a lot of amazing technology that's going on with the, the lockheed samurai based on a small maple seed-like looking device. The fact that we can package enough energy for something like that to fly and still carry a sensor, a camera, uh, enough control capability for it to fly is amazing to me. As we go forward, we're gonna find new ways of using these unmanned vehicles. They'll probably be autonomous, so they'll be like UAVs but carry cargo around where there's currently no infrastructure in place. We may have small swarms of small vehicles interacting with a larger vehicle that, that basically uh, combines the information from that swarm. So maybe one vehicle flies a small distance and another vehicle learns from it and knows which way to fly. Probably what makes sense is a heterogeneous swarm one where not every element of the swarm is the same. Some elements of the swarm carrying sensors, some carrying other types of electronics. Seems like Boeing has some pretty advanced technology. I'm gonna go back to this part. Many different multiple functions. Energy that is also contained the sensors or the energy storage or many different multiple functions. New materials that are on the uh, lab bench right now, they can literally change shape. Grow or make a structure, let's say is the skin of an aircraft, that inside of that is also contained the sensors or the energy storage. Do you remember the other day when I was talking about the alien technology that they've been reverse engineering and that how it is quantumly layered and what you have on those quantum layers is reproduction of what we would consider to be electrical components, but you'll have the navigation, you'll have the propulsion, and you'll have all these systems that are aligned within that quantum layer and they would layer these on top of each other? Lockheed Martin has reverse engineered this technology. I just said it two days ago that Lockheed Martin had reverse engineered this alien technology back in the 80s, and they're waiting for the moment to release it. They're getting ready to bring this stuff out, I would say, because they know Donald Trump's coming back. I do believe that Donald Trump is going to bring this stuff back. Here's another article that I found highly interesting that I think is worth looking at. Check this out. Lucid dreaming breakthrough achieved as researchers report successful control of a virtual object while sleeping. You, you read that right. The first two-way control of a virtual object by study participants while lucid dreaming has been documented. Researchers at RemSpace, a California startup, report that five participants in a recent study were successfully able to control a virtual cyber truck on a computer 
while lucid dreaming and even avoid obstacles that appeared on the screen. These people were dreaming, had electrodes hooked up to their mind. Outside of their bodies was a computer with a cyber truck on it. They lucid dreamed in their mind the computer program and were able to control a computer outside. Well, dreaming. That's some pretty powerful shit. Um, all of these articles will be posted. We'll we'll update our Substack here in the next few days, as well as our Podbeam. I know the audio podcast haven't got up, uploaded in a while. If you want to support us, go to redpills.tv, best way. There's tons of information there. I got to take down the Kirk Elliott stuff, so please don't go to those links with Kirk Elliott. Um, if you want to know what happened, if you're curious, if you need to do anything, I know I've gotten a lot of uh, people asking me about it because of last night. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'll, I'll give you my honest opinion. Um, I don't want to do it on the air. I'm not here to the the... the say anything bad about people. I, I have, do don't have a bad, I don't have a bad relationship with Kurt. So um, there's nothing bad there, but if you want to reach out to me, feel free to, I'd be glad to explain to you the situation. Um, and then for everybody else out there, uh, tomorrow night, live Q and A on socialredpill.com. One of the best ways to support us, by the way, socialredpill.com. Um, guys, that's all we have for you tonight. Uh, much love, respect, God bless you. You guys take care. We're going to see you again tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll have the update with the Tucker Putin interview. Um, if it does go longer than uh, the show time before the show, um, cause I'm going to watch it, then uh, we might be a little delayed tomorrow. So just keep that in mind. I want to watch the whole Putin Tucker interview and get some clips and stuff. So it's going to be absolutely epic if it, e if it even happens. So much love, respect, God bless guys. Take care. Good night. Bend the spoon. That's impossible. Only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon.